I'd tell you the details, but it sounded like I made them up. Your problem is you spent your whole life thinking there are rules. There aren't. Believing as I do, like the good Dr. King said, a man should be judged on the content of his character, not the color of his skin. Yeah, he's dead. You're gonna need a different quote. I just charged for parking. Well, you think they're gonna ask questions when they come with their pitchforks and their torches? It's just a flight, Sasha. We gotta go. You had a piece of pie like that since the Garden of Eden. Simply deliver a message when the time comes. A message? To who? To the wicked. We're very friendly people. No. That's not it. Pretty unfriendly, actually. Hello there, everybody, and welcome to yet another episode of Very Friendly People, the Fargo Character Analysis Podcast. I am, as always, your humble host, Thomas Potts, and as always, I am joined by... Jack Breeden. There That's we go. The Got the timing done. Got it Brilliant. Great. Episode three, baby. This is the one. The, the, let's see, was it the third time's the charm? Third time's the charm. It's all downhill from here. Yeah. Here's <laughs> well quit while we're ahead. Good night, yeah, everybody. Thanks, everyone. Peace out. All right, turn the lights <laughs> off. Get the cameras out of here. Go on. <laughs> yeah. You doing all right today, Jack? I'm, I'm doing um, pretty good. Yeah, pretty good. I'm excited for today. Um, you are? I, I, as I, I feel like uh, it's only episode three, but I feel like we've been building to this episode <laughs> for a Very long much time. So. A long time yeah. coming. Very much so, because I mean, like, even though Martin Freeman was kind of the, you know, Lester was sort of the main character, the main mm. sort of, I don't know, semi-villainous protagonist, yeah, this is yeah. the, th this is kind of the star of season one, this is the one that everybody, this is the guy who everyone talks about, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, it's it's everyone's favourite character of, of this season, possibly the show, and, and definitely mm -hmm. of, of the actor, I think, um. Although a lot, a lot of a lot of great performances over you know so many years, but this is just just outstanding in every way. Every way. I I absolutely agree. Yes, because today, ladies and gentlemen, we are talking about Lorne Malvo. Ooh, aka Which... the Devil? Question mark. Tune absolutely. in to find out. Click that is eight. what we will be dissecting. <laughs> yes, very much so. Uh, now, but before we uh, dive into this character, um, a couple of little bits of news. Uh, Jack, do you want to take the first one? Oh yes, uh, this this blew my mind when I saw this on on Twitter today, and by your reaction a few minutes ago, it also blew your mind today. It did very uh, much. As of recording, not not as of of publishing. This is probably going to come out a fair bit later. But as yep. of today, which is the twentieth of God, is it March? It is, yes. Oh, God, what is time anymore? Uh, the 20th of March 2021, for all you future peoples, mm. uh, is the uh, birthday um, of another Fargo villain actor, my personal favourite, uh, David Thewlis. Happy birthday, David! Happy birthday, David! You'll probably never listen to this, but just uh, we need to shout it into the ether. Happy birthday, Absolutely. David. Absolutely. And just imagine VM Varga just like scranning birthday cake <laughs> <laughs> on the toilet, of course. It, on like the toilet, the probably road. eats the candles as well. 
Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> sorry for that image, everybody. Yeah. <laughs> and um, I've got another little piece of news. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this, Jack, but um, Fargo season five has been officially greenlit. Really? Wow. Yes. Even I haven't heard of this. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. Yep. So uh, that's very exciting times, which means that this podcast will be able to go on for even longer. Excellent. You'll be plagued so... by our voices forever. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so great news if you're enjoying the show so far. If you're not, then... But why well, listen? That's yeah, a, exactly. It, you know, I don't want to be what that are you guy, doing? But uh, There's so much more out there. <laughs> exactly. A lot more other Fargo podcasts. So if you don't even like Fargo, then frankly, we're fas- fascinated as to how you made it this far. Yes, yes. It's commendable. It's commendable, <laughs> to, to, to say the least. Yes. Okay, so uh, with those out of the way, shall we take a little dive into the world of Lorne Malville? Oh, if we must, if we must. (laughs) Uh, So um, last week we were talking about um, this character who has a a sort of prototype version in the movie version, in that Mm. uh, Lester is a reworking of Jerry. Uh, What's interesting about Malvo is that he doesn't really fit any of the archetypes from the Fargo movie, but seems to almost... Well, in in many ways, he's a reworking of Anton Chigurh from another Coen Brothers movie. Which exactly is my thought. Exactly my thought. No Country for Old Men. So it almost seems to be as if the events that are playing out are, are basically the movie, but then this alien element from another movie comes in and just makes everything just a little bit off kilter. Yeah, the, it's it's um, a definite sign that the show Fargo is, is just such a, a massive playground for the entire sort of mythology of of Coen Brother movies. So many uh, sort of bits of nuance and character motifs and iconography are kind of woven into it throughout the entire show. Um, and and seemingly, you know, Fargo is definitely one of the more comedic. Uh, I wouldn't say lighthearted. Well, it's just, it's it's black comedy, it's but black with, comedy, yeah. But with, it's it's dark and light. Yes, there's 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 so much like positivity in it as well, but just a lot of darkness as too. So yeah, it's... and compare that to just the the bleak western of No Country for Old Men. You Which, kind of, yeah, you, it's you, a horror movie. Yeah, that, that movie's a horror He's, movie. He is the Terminator. He is Michael Myers, Jason Voorhees. He walks down the the hallway with his iconic weapon and just. And iconic haircut. Yeah, and the iconic. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. His his mask is his mask. Um, his face. <laughs> his, his face, face is his mask. It, that's exactly. What, yeah, yeah. His face is is essentially his mask. It's just such mm-hmm. a Michael Myers kind of. It looks human, uh, but it's that kind of uncanny valley of where you know even his smile is just not quite right, and it's just deadpan expression. Kind of, you're not quite sure if he's human or not. Um. Mm-hmm. And while Lorne Malvo certainly, you know, has a, a a silver tongue aspect to him, there's a lot of things we kind of go, yeah, there's something off about this Yeah, definitely. Man. Something not true. In almost every scene he's in, even when he's, you know, being himself, not, not trying to pretend to be another uh, uh, person, you, you, there's always an air of mystique and facade and illusion illusion in particular sticks in my mind mm, that's yeah that's really interesting because he, he he puts on many disguises throughout the series whereas you know the difference between him and Shigur is Shigur like all the way through is exactly the same he's just yeah. dead-eyed doesn't really care about blending in whereas Malvo is a little bit more surreptitious 
Yes, more conniving. There's a lot more mm -hmm. sneaking to his strategy than just, let me just open the door, shotgun, done. Yes. Um, yeah, there's a lot of planning in place, a lot of malicious sort of uh, problem solving that he has to do. But also a bit more flair as well. Like, oh, yes. you know, Chagur is purely practical, whereas Malvo, he toys with people, but he also has like a sense of style. Yes. Which is interesting. Yes. Uh... In spite of that haircut, of course. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, his later haircut's a lot better when he gets uh, the the salt and pepper, the grey. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's when it's like, ooh, he's the okay. Jesus. Ooh, this is an attractive man. I can uh... <laughs> silver fox. <laughs> exactly, exactly. Because um, I mean, the, the first haircut, like uh, I know that Malvo described. Uh, sorry, uh, Billy Bob Thornton, the actor, uh, described it as uh, almost being like uh, the Beatles haircut from when they first arrived in Liverpool, which is quite interesting. Mm. And also, when you first see him driving in the car, the, the, the way that it kind of frames his eyes, he said it reminded him of, like, the old westerns, of how they'd have, like, the black bars that kind of cut just to the, the eyes. Well, well, yeah, he, he is the, the black hat-wearing uh, desperado or outlaw that comes in strolling into town and seemingly causes problems for the, the whole community. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, which is interesting. And going back to style, um, uh, I was reading in the, uh, oh, let me just grab it here, in the massive Bonk. Fargo tome, <laughs> the, the Bible <laughs> by Noah Hawley, uh, and he, him and the costume designer who, let me get it up, uh, Carol Case, mm -hmm. uh, we're talking about um, his, his costume and kind of, they wanted to avoid because with characters like that, the embodiment, seemingly embodiment of evil, of darkness, of deceit, the 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 bad guy, you kind of expect him to come in in all black, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the, like like Western, you know, the black hat, uh, Jack Palance and Shane, you know, sits at the bar and you know looks menacing, dresses in all black, absolutely, um, and they kind of wanted to avoid that because he's not just wearing all black. There's a kind of strange style to him with his overcoat that's kind of a, a, a dull, checkered, um, but of course with the, the sort of the fur collar mm -hmm. uh, and, and lapels is, is this black fur that kind of makes him look, you know, like a, like a wolf almost. Looks like that kind of, um, I'm not quite sure what you call it, but you know with wolves, that kind of neck and sort of back sort of fat and, and loose skin that's covered in hair kind of looks. Not pelts, is it? Well, 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 the whole thing's the pelt, but but mm. just the section of behind the head, where it kind of makes it look bigger from the front. I know what you mean. That yeah, I, I don't know. That what kind of mane that. kind of thing. Um, yeah, you, you get it with large dogs. Uh, my my sister's got a large dog who was a big, big, big fat head, uh, which which we all absolutely adore about him because we all have fat heads in our family. <laughs> oh. uh, um, and so big kind of, skulls, that's all it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> big brains, that's what it yeah. is. Yeah. Um, but that's what, that's what uh, the costume kind of reminded me. Uh, it's interesting that you're talking. Yeah, it's it's interesting that you're talking about these kind of animal aspects, and obviously this is something that we're aiming to do in every episode, talking yeah. about their kind of ranking in the animal kingdom. Yeah. And I think Malvo is the reason we do this because his whole philosophy is of the the bestial nature of man and people who are pretending otherwise. They're yeah. they're not being true to their their real selves. Yeah, we once were you know gorillas. It's uh, multiple times he he talks about obviously the the gorilla speech with with Lester. 
he talks about um, the reason that the human eye can see many shades of green with Gus, and that is, is because of snakes in the grass, which, of course, he is as well. He is the snake in the grass. He is mm -hmm. the gorilla. Uh, and then also the whole wolf motif with Gus as well, um, and the, the wolves whispering in the woods. Um, and going back to the idea of uh, the snake, though, and uh, mm. the idea of like kind of shedding his own skin and being kind of like, you know, being able to blend in and disguise himself. Yeah. And um, one thing, another another interesting theory that I heard about is the idea that because um, obviously he collects all these tapes, these tapes are yes. of um, I yeah. want to get into that because I I that's kind of the one thing I'm not quite. Uh, I don't have a quite a set theory on or quite a set idea set in stone about that. It's an interesting I've, thing for that character to do. Definitely. I've I've got a few ideas, one of, some of which are mine and some of which I have actually nicked. Um, uh, <laughs> one, one of the ones that I nicked was um, the idea of, um, this is from, uh, I think it's from the podcast uh, OK Then, which is another great Fargo podcast. If you're, if you're really into dissecting the show, check it out. Mm. And um, one of the hosts talked about how he seems to um, collect these tapes and listen to them and he almost kind of like takes on the mannerisms of the people he's been listening to so his um his role as the the vicar is uh sort of his take on uh lester's mannerisms the kind of nervous midwestern energy the mild-mannered seemingly downtrodden uh very softly spoken nice guy yes uh, and of course, you know, being a priest, you instantly kind of give him a sense of uh, of trust and, and goodness, uh, and also, you know, plays into the um, as we mentioned before the whole the whole devil aspect, which I'm sure we'll, we'll get into. Uh, yeah, the uh, devil quotes scripture. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Mm -hmm. uh, another another theory. Um, this is uh, one one of my own. Is um, I was kind of noting um, that Malvo is a he's a trickster archetype. In the in the book, I believe it says that if he was a religious man, he would worship Loki. The yes, I've got a thought. I've got a thought about Loki that that I want to come back to. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I I was actually um, thinking of another trickster archetype, and that is the archetype of Anansi. Ooh. Uh, yes, okay, the uh, like the the African spider trickster yeah. god because um and nancy i believe he collected all of the stories of mankind and so i think that in the briefcase with those tapes it's him collecting stories oh yeah oh god yeah i never i never uh connected the dots to that before which is why i think when you hear billy bob thornton's voice in season three as the narrator I think that makes even more sense. He's he's the one who's collecting all the these true stories. Yes, ah. of, you know of of, be of animals and the men who try to fight against them. Oh wow, that's slightly blown my mind. Uh <laughs> Thank you very much. Uh, I would do a mic yeah. drop, but I don't want to damage it. <laughs> <laughs> but, but the whole yeah, collecting the tapes is is an interesting um uh aspect of his character almost like uh trophies you know you you, you get mm. that a lot with real life and fictional sort of serial yeah, we see killers. that in season four don't we yes yeah true true um with their nurse mayflower yeah yeah you know c collecting memorabilia or collecting severed heads or fingers or teeth or whatever it is you know mm -hmm. um but also again coming back to the, the the animal aspect kind of big game hunting instead of putting the deer head on the wall it's it's the recordings of the phone calls in his briefcase. 
Yes, at the moment where these people transgressed into the animal kingdom. Into into his prey, into his target, and mm. now um, they, they kind of live forever, either, you know, mounted on the wall, their heads are physically there in the room, uh, but, but with their voices, they kind of, their stories speak, speak with him forever, and he was, he's going to carry them for all eternity. Mm. Um, but uh, uh, sort of going back to the, the Loki... Uh, oh yes, uh, thing. Uh, because I, I'm so interested in 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 Norse mythology. Um, during lockdown, currently, um, I, I'm slowly, steadily, uh, fighting the the horde, the forces of procrastination, forces of procrastination, <laughs> the tidal wave of procrastination to try and write. Amen, a, brother. Try and write a book. Um, because you know. It's lockdown. I've baked banana bread, so I might as well write a book. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, and that's set in, in Norse mythology. And so I'm trying to get all these these characters, um, all these gods and Jotuns and uh, and dragons and dwarves and elves kind of woven in. Uh, and Loki, you know, if, you, if all you know about Loki is, is the MCU, you're missing out a, a lot of aspect of that character. Um, and particularly his children. Mm. Uh, which are, I think, incredibly fitting with Malvo, and I think you'll you'll see the the pattern here with these three children. Okay, um, the first being uh, Hel or Hella in in uh, the MCU, uh, his daughter, who is kind of the guardian of the dead, who uh, in Helheim, all the spirits who don't ascend uh, to Valhalla, these lost wandering souls, she she uh, who kind of. Um, keeps them down there she's kind of the caretaker of these lost and wandering souls these dishonorable men women uh who've died uh, without reaching the gates of valhalla by dying gloriously um sinful people people who commit crimes uh, are there wandering forever in the cold tundra um and then, of course, the second child, you have Jormungandr, or Jormungand, uh, the world serpent, or the Midgard serpent, this giant uh, Jotun serpent that is destined to be killed by and to kill uh, Thor, uh, who's the son of Odin. Snake theme going mm -hmm. on. And so, of course, the last child of, of Loki is Fenrir, or Fenris, who is the large wolf Jotun child. You shall break his chains at the end of Ragnarok and consume Odin. Uh, and so it was just an interesting thing to have the, the wolf and the serpent and the stories of the dead all be associated with Loki and then also all be associated with Malvo as well. Uh, yeah, wow. It was just an interesting little sort of connective uh, sort of tissue between the two, the two characters that are... Uh, uh, it's, it's fairly vague, but I, I thought added an air to his mystery, his his mythology, if you will. Definitely, yeah. Because I think the villains are the, like some of the most mythological characters within the oh, show. Yeah. They have this kind of supernatural air about them. Absolutely. Well, the fact that Malvo disappears in the first episode, he mm -hmm. seemingly appears in Lester's house with the gun, knowing where the gun is, and then disappears like nothing goes downstairs and there's no way he could have escaped but he's just gone mm. 
let's uh, let's talk about him and Lester because they their yes. their relationship is kind of the crux of the whole story of season one. To a certain it degree, kicks off the whole story. Yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. It's the whole sort of framing device, the whole mystery that which uh, all of the problems are rooted in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, like one thing to. I, I feel like a lot of this is just kind of us comparing these characters to like other figures, but um, mm-hmm. but but like uh, it's clear I think that Noah Hawley, as well as being influenced by the Coen Brothers, like there's a lot of references to the works of David Lynch as well within his yes. works, and uh, you know Twin Peaks, like you know the the idea of this small town where not much happens, but there's all these kind of secrets going on, and, and kooky uh, characters, the kooky the characters, works, yeah. Mm-hmm. And um, it made me think of um, Bob from Twin Peaks. Yes, yes. This figure who is sort of like, rather than a a man, he is the evil that men do. And that made me kind of think, if you take Malvo out of the equation, and if Malvo is literally just the voice inside Lester's head that that tells him to, like, kill his wife, like, so, you know, really, you know, you know, if Malvo is this metaphor... And Lester is literally just a man who one day just reached breaking point. And Malvo is almost a kind of, you know, n- not absolutely c- concretely, because obviously we see Malvo interact with other people. Mm. But this idea of him being this kind of almost Tyler Durdenish type figure of this embodiment of all of Lester's repressed aggression. And, and, and he's also kind of what Lester wishes he was and then eventually becomes. And tries to become. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah, and I think maybe when you see Malvo again in his second disguise, um, like you're saying about how he was pretending to be kind of this Lester-esque character with the priest, I think later on perhaps he's now being the new Lester. You know, he's got the hair gel, new haircut, new wife. He's suddenly yes. more, more charismatic. He kind of has the life he's always wanted. Yeah, absolutely. Kind of thing. I do- yeah, do you think it's almost as if like Lester looks over and he sees that, yeah, Malvo's kind of where he is, but still maybe one step ahead? Yes, yeah, probably, yeah, because mm-hmm. with Lester, there's always going to be that that seed of want, that that mm-hmm. hole within himself, that thing that's missing that he always wants more. There's something else that he just needs to be complete, um, mm-hmm. and that is Malvo. Oh, quick little trivia drop, actually. The Ooh. guy, the guy, when, um, when Malvo is, uh, pretending to be the dentist, and he's been, um, trying to be friends with this one guy whose brother, I think, is in, um, is he under house arrest or in, uh, witness protection, I think? Yeah, witness, yeah, yeah. And he's trying to get to that guy's brother. The guy who he's, uh, tr- being chummy with is played by the actor Stephen Root. Yeah. Who is boy. also, who is also in No Country for Old Men and is shot by Anton Chigurh. Yep, shot and and left to, to bleed out and die in his own mm-hmm. office. Uh, so so it's interesting that he's been killed by both of these guys. True, true, and he's also in a bunch of other uh, Coens. He's in um, Oh Brother Where Art Thou as the blind uh, radio. That's uh, really funny because host. he because he was also in Get Out as a blind man, and I thought yeah. he's actually blind. Because I remember, or is he just really good at playing blind people? I know, I know. I remember first seeing him in in um. Oh, brother, where art thou? And then watching Get Out, this was a while ago, me thinking, oh, so he's a blind actor. Okay, mm-hmm. he's just a really good blind actor. And then, and then cut to, like, to uh, uh, No Country for Old Men, being like, hold on a minute. 
Hold on. How is he seeing right now? This shouldn't be how it is. Hold on. <laughs> but yeah, I love What Steve a fraud. And what a, yeah, you're a fraud. How dare you act in a piece of fiction? <laughs> oh, uh, yeah, I, I love Stephen Root. He's just mm. so good in, in he everything is. he's in. Absolutely. And of course, uh, um, it's it's also cool that Billy Bob Thornton has actually done work with the Coen brothers as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Have you seen The Man Who Wasn't There? I, that's the, I think that's the only one that I Mate. need to see. Oh, yep. It might be my favourite one as well. Yeah, yeah. Because I, I know all about the, 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 the alien bit I've, I've, I've mm -hmm. seen. I'd be like, oh, wow, that's, that's quite a profound moment. I should probably see what happened all before because uh, <laughs> mm -hmm. because uh, i mean there's a because uh in an interview i remember billy bob thornton said that his character in that was a guy called ed crane who's uh, just a barber who you know ends up getting involved in a lot of yeah crime related stuff because hey it's a coen brothers movie mm. uh th he said that like malvo could almost be what ed crane would eventually become which i thought was really interesting oh okay in in what aspect in what way well, I almost don't want to say because you haven't seen. Ah, people. fair, fair, okay. Uh, but I, I, I will say one quick thing, which uh, kind of makes me think of the, the a link between the two characters, and it's um, at the end of the film. Obviously, you've you've mentioned that you know about the UFO. Yes. And uh, t t there's a bit where Ed Crane looks at the UFO and he says that it's kind of a summation of his entire life, like everything was leading up to to this. And it made me think of the moment where Gus eventually tracks down Malvo and Malvo's just looking at the wolf. And to me, I think that's Malvo looking at this thing that is like, yeah, that that is my life. That is the embodiment of my everything that my life has been leading to. This kind Absolutely. of dog eat dog, kill or be killed. Yep. And yeah, and in a way, that sort of slow corruption of Gus at the end, um, uh, I think, kind of reinforces the idea that that Malvo wins in the end, despite yeah. despite him dying, uh, dying much like a dog, uh, wounded, limping, and then put down by a, a healthier, younger uh, uh, predator. Um, mm. He just kind of proves his theory on on life that we are all or animals deep down. It is dog eat dog, and I am the mm -hmm. dog to be eaten. Stay, yeah, absolutely, mm. and yeah, because because obviously there's that bit where like he, he gets shot and then he kind of springs back and he he seems to almost be snarling and then he and then he kind of is this kind of chuckle, this wheezy chuckle. Yeah, he just smiles, with blood pouring out of his mouth. Yeah, it's, it's, like red red teeth. Like his yes. teeth are just bright red at this point. Yeah, like, oh. as, as, as if he's just lifted up from from consuming a carcass of something on the on the African plain. He's just you know face deep in a in a, in a water buffalo or something, and looks up and sees the man with the gun. Mm -hmm. Yeah, oh, what a what a what a character. What a he's so good. Uh, should are there we... any other? Oh, oh, sorry, sorry. No, 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 no. You go. No. I just kind of want to dive into these other kind of little moments that the character has, like um, mm. the ones where he's just kind of messing with people. Yes, yeah. My favorite one is is the kids uh, and him, ta him talking about a. I think it was a hammering. Uh, <laughs> oh, that bit. Oh, I think yeah. that the uh, the one where he's talking to the the guy and getting him to convince to you know urinate in the gas tank of his oh, boss's car. Yeah. <laughs> No, yeah, that's also a great moment, but, uh, uh yeah, uh, yeah, again, always corrupting others or seeding doubt in, in, into people's seemingly 
bang average lives. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I don't know whether to save this for the uh, the episode where we do talk about um, the absolute uh, real life Superman that is Lou Solverson. Oh, uh, Lou! Lou is such a badass. Uh, but the scene between him and Lou is probably one of my, it might be my favorite scene in yeah. season one. Yeah, I, I, I think I'd, I'd agree with that. Uh, yeah. D- d- should we talk about it here or should we wait, do you think? Well, I think we could talk about it here with, with Malvo's other aspect. Uh, the more supernatural uh, sort of, uh, what do you call it? Supernatural element to the character yeah. of, of is he the devil question mark mm-hmm. i mean I, I was almost going to say while you were talking about like um all the sort of norse gods you know could lou almost be the sort of odin type type figure oh interesting okay i don't really have any basis for it outside of the both old but you know yeah um, but, but also lou's daughter is molly and odin's son is balder and and thor both of which either get killed by by Loki or or a child of Loki. Fair enough. Um, yeah, and of course Odin, you know, is, is, is god of knowledge. He sacrificed an eye, and he, he hung himself from from the tree of Yggdrasil uh, for seven mm-hmm. days and seven nights to gain knowledge. And and Lou is nothing but knowledgeable. Yes, I think uh, it, the the only other character I can think of who sees Malvo for who truly is is Gus's Jewish neighbor. Yeah, I almost forgotten that about. Yeah, because he's only in it for about two scenes, isn't he? Yeah, Gus. I mean, I, he he is great as well. He's a character who doesn't get talked about enough. True, true. Oh yeah, because we, the, we can have a we can have an Colin... episode about him. We could. Yes, Ooh. I don't actually know his name as well. I can look it up, and it'll be yes. Totally. Yeah, you know what? I'm gonna uh, look it up. I'm gonna look it up right now. Okay, I'm uh, I'm so ashamed at my lack of knowledge in this. Because uh, he's a great character. What's his name? Because I think he refers to him as like a dipic, which is like a, a Jewish sort of demon, basically. Yeah. Uh, oh, what's his name? Why can't I find his name? Uh, oh, yes. Ari Ziskind, an Orthodox Jew. Ari Ziskind, okay. Yeah, oh yes, yeah, the Hebrew word for demon, yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Ari also says that Malvo's black eyes spell trouble. Yes! So again, the mystical hint of... Uh... I was just going to say, there's a bit where um, Malvo, who's, who's usually able to kind of mask himself in charm, and mm. uh, it's clear that it's not going to work with this guy, and there's a bit where he says, oh, is your the house with the little Jew bus outside? And that's when he says, and there it is. Yeah, and it's like, and, and and it's like this kind of, you know, this at the end of the day, this this guy's just a dick. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh god. Yeah. He's able to hide it well, but he's you know he's not a nice man. As charming and as you know slick as he seems, he's not yeah. a good guy. Yeah. And I think Lou's able to catch that as well, where he's um he's talking about his experiences in season two with Sioux Falls, and I feel that it's almost with the the promise of kind of a gory story, he's almost able to bait Malvo to exposing yeah. his like because there's a bit where he's like he's almost like I've I, bodies. He's like you yeah, see exactly. his eyes. He's desperate to know. 
And that's the bit where Lou's like, I've got you. I yeah. know exactly what you are. I've seen your kind before. And I've seen it and with it's... the Gerhards and with Hansi, and I've seen aliens, man. I've seen weirder. Exactly. I've seen weirder, and I'm not going <laughs> to tell you nothing. Nothing. <sighs> Lou flipping Solverson, man. Yeah, that's, that's going to be a good episode. A very uh, good episode to come. So stay tuned. Uh, <laughs> oh, we should probably also mention uh, the Supermarket King, which is basically like a bit of a B plot in the yeah. the series. But it's clear that that's like Malvo's actual job because he he is this kind of um, you know gun for hire. He's a and... contract killer. Yeah. He's a contract killer, but he, he, you know he's also hired to like get rid of this uh, guy's blackmailer. Yeah, isn't he? yeah. But, and it's clear that like all the stuff with Lester and all the messing with people—that's that's just him just doing what he loves doing. That's his hobby. Whereas this yeah. is his actual job. But that's yeah. the B plot. And and even the B plot emphasizes the religious aspect. You know, with the supermarket king, with the oh, probably even stronger. Oh, to yeah, yeah. Oh, is it Saint Lawrence? Who? Oh. Uh, well, patron, patron saint of hard asses. He says. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Who was bur burning on a pyre and told the Romans to flip him over because he's done on mm. this side. And like, uh, it's kind of tragic because you've got this incredibly Catholic figure yeah. who, you know, doesn't recognize the devil when the devil's driving him home. Yes. Yeah. And uh, obviously, and obviously, Malvo is basically inflicting the plagues of Egypt onto yeah, this yeah, guy's the, head. The, the, the reign of frogs and all this, the death of his family and. And the fact that Malvo does the most evil thing that an evil character could ever do, kills a dog. Straight up. Actually kills a dog. Straight up, kills King the dog. Screenwriting 101 is save the dog. So, <laughs> you know, I don't know what book Malvo was reading. Uh... <laughs> well, the villainous one, which is kill the dog. There's save the cat, and then there's kill the dog. Uh... Kill the dog. <laughs> <laughs> oh... And again, yeah, because dogs always have that kind of, that knowledge of evil. They always bark at something, um, be it the devil, be it something in the shadows, home invaders, a monster, or the Terminator. There's always dogs barking. Uh, they can always sense something that's off. Yes. Uh, and maybe being, you know, a dog, uh, perhaps he sees it as a competition. Like an alpha male has exactly. just came in. Be being the wolf wolf versus the, the domestic dog, he kind of sticks it to him and goes, you know, I'm, I'm better than you because I'm freer. I'm not domesticated. My teeth are, are sharper. That kind, of, uh, that kind of small victory for the character. Mm, definitely. Uh, and again, play, it plays into being the devil, you know. Yes. The corruption, the corruption of all these characters, be it the A plot or the B plot or, or small bit characters. Um, and him outright saying, you know, with Lou at the end, uh, you know. The, Hasn't I, been like, an apple pie like that since the Garden, the Garden of, Eden. of Eden. It's like, oh, oh, okay. But what's your take on that? Is he, is he the devil? Is he a metaphor for the devil? Does he wish he was the devil? To me, he's both, but he's also neither, if that makes any sense. Hmm. Yes. It's that. Yeah. Okay. It, it does and it doesn't. Uh... It'll pop out answer, <laughs> but I, I think with this show where there's so many different, yeah, so many different interpretations, and I, I don't want to limit myself to just one. I want to have them all. I'm yeah, greedy fair, for it. Fair. And with a character like Malvo, yeah. you know, I'll, mm. I'll allow being greedy. I'll allow being greedy. <laughs> I was just going to mention that um, being the, the devil, 
it's that question of whether or not the evil comes from him or whether or not that that sin originates from man themselves you know with lester would he have ended up as a murderer without malvo i i think probably not but mm -hmm. there is that seed within him and i think malvo doesn't give him the evil i think malvo almost provides an echo chamber for that seed and he sort of shuts off everything he limits all of the aspects of the world all of her viewpoints and ideologies and just goes this is the world this is what it is and as he's talking he's slowly germinating and growing this seed of evil in this vacuum and then he and then he walks away mm -hmm. and the seed is grow fully fully formed or, or is slowly growing through these people through this town i suppose if you want to take a more sort of humanist a humanist version like version of this character and you, you think about like less about him in reaction to other people and more about just who is he by himself you think yeah yeah how did he get here what is his past how does a man become this to me i think the the, the closest that i i believe at least that he kind of exposes him himself like like is when he's talking to the guy who sells in the police radio and the guy's like, oh, um, I've got, like, these zombie kit survival packs. Mm. Uh, and, he, and he says, like, you know, the world's a mess. I don't see what difference a bunch of zombies would do. And I think that actually kind of speaks volumes about just the way he looks at the world, that the world is just a broken, miserable place. And so if you want to survive, you have to be dog-eat-dog. -dog. So I yeah. don't know what kind of awful thing must have happened to him you know it's he's 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 the joker basically yeah he, he i think he already thinks the apocalypse has happened and has been happening and we've just lived through it <laughs> all mm. of civilization is the apocalypse of the the animal world uh man-made you know concrete monoliths sort of growing over you know cutting down the forests and domesticating the wild um and interesting mm -hmm. enough, in that scene, that guy's van in the background is a documentary on wolves playing. There's a little, ah. bit, of, a little bit, of, bit of set dressing, sort of reinforce that idea in the wolf motif with uh, with Malvo. Very good. Yes. Um, Malvo, he kills a lot of people. An awful lot of people. An awful, and causes a lot of death. I've got the full list here. Okay. Uh, and it's not every episode, but it's it's bloody well near enough <laughs> yes. uh, bloody being the operative word yeah yeah you know he he starts off in in the first episode with with sam hess um who serves as the uh sort of kickstart for the story and the, the kind of the arc that lester goes through he then kills off uh, Vern, who's who's the sheriff who's kind of in the episode you kind of think is going to be one of the main characters mm -hmm. uh which definitely helps sort of uh, supplant Malvo as the villain. You kind of go, oh right, Who, who's going to solve this problem now? Oh god, he could just kill. He set up as the Marge, isn't he? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, and the paint cans and his and his pregnant wife. Oh, yes. Yeah, that'll be a good episode talking about Vern. That'll be a good one. Mm -hmm. uh, and then of course he kills King, King the dog, uh, and he kills uh, Moses Tri uh, Tripoli and the whole yes. Fargo syndicate who mm -hmm. may return in a future episode in a future season. Who knows? Who knows? Yes, I can. I can say yes. Undoubtedly, I can safely, yes. say, yeah. I can safely say yes. Uh, <laughs> if you've seen <laughs> the whole show, you know exactly 
Uh, well, you may not. It's it's just yeah, you might not. It's quite yeah, it's quite obscure. But yeah. uh, if you've yeah. been paying attention, yes, go back to season two. Is all I'll say. Uh, or, or go to the episode whenever we 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 record that in the the distant future. Uh, yeah. Don't bother with the show itself. Just listen to our show. Yeah, in fact, don't bother with any show. Just listen to, to our soothing voices talking about things you have no knowledge uh, or interest in. Uh, <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. Um, on my list here, uh, the characters he kills, uh, there's... Uh, of course, he kills Mr. Numbers. Mm -hmm. uh, so with the... Um, you know, he kills off the main character. He starts off the main plot. He kills off one half of the 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 duo, the dynamic mm. duo characters. He then goes and kills twenty two members of the crime syndicate, including the the, the three named ones, uh, including the guy with the Australian accent, which is not the best accent i think he's I've... actually from new... i think he's oh, from it... new zealand oh is it new zealand okay if he's from new yeah. zealand yes it definitely sounds more more kiwi than it does Aust... okay yeah i'll give him that i'll give him that then because as, as, as australian goes it, it wasn't very australian uh <laughs> he's a fun character he is a good character Bye -bye. Bye -bye. <laughs> <laughs> uh he then kills that police officer in a scene that di directly kind of recreates the shigura strangling uh mm -hmm. in a country for old men uh yes and then the next one he kills of of course all the people in the elevator and he yep. kills lester's uh wife linda uh and then of course of course yes then he actually does outright kill the second dynamic duo of of the he kills Kane, key and peel pain peel web pepper and bill bill budge that's his name mm -hmm. i think so you pronounce yeah, pepper it. and budge yeah so in terms of story and how you'd create character you know your main characters you've got your little duos your little sort of subplot secondary characters he just outright kills so many no one's safe yeah no one is safe um and then, of course, he, he causes the death of, of the Frozen Man uh, in mm -hmm. the first episode. And, of course, Glenn Howerton's uh, tanned, tanned buffoon. Uh, Dom Chumpf. Dom, Dom Chump. yeah, which is... That one might have bothered me the most. That one... I agree. I wholeheartedly oh. agree. That broke my heart. It is, it's mm -hmm. harrowing to watch. It is. On, a, on my rewatch recently, I was so shocked on that. Cause I, oh, my God. God, that's brutal yeah because it's not quick and it's not like it, it, it's so calculated and it is drawn out for so long and it's the fear like he draws yeah. out the fear so much and it's oh it's horrendous i don't know my mind just made the connection here of course he's he sort of fixed him to 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 this post he's almost he's almost crucified him but instead with nails it's duct tape and instead <laughs> of the romans coming to you know poke him with a spear it's the, the Fargo cops that come and blast him with shotguns like mm -hmm. 20 times. Uh, again, just harping on about the devil thing, because uh, we have yeah. to. We have to. There's we so do. much. There's so much, and there's probably so much we've missed uh, uh, just talking about it in this episode. So if there is stuff we've missed, I'd love to, to, to hear people. Their own, their own theories, I think. Because, of course, there's, there's probably people out there who, who just think he's, you know, 
a bog standard human man. Nothing, nothing weird about him. Yeah, uh, which, which almost makes it weirder. <laughs> exactly, it all, it makes it probably scarier. I'd argue. Yep. Uh, the fact that a human being is capable of such things. Uh, yeah. Uh, and also another little bit of trivia I wrote down here, which I I struck as odd. Uh, he's technically the first main character to die. Oh, yeah! Because obviously Vern dies, but he's only in one episode. He's, he he can't really be counted as a main character. He's a red herring. He's, he's a red herring, exactly. And all other characters are either sort of secondary, uh, either come in halfway through the show or only in it slightly. Um, mm -hmm. But he's in it through the whole hog. He's the first main character to die. Yeah, that, that's a good point. Which is a, a, a strange fact I found. First um, character that we see and first character to die. Yeah, yeah, true, actually. Yeah, of course. Uh, and then, of course, after that, it's, it's, it's Lester who gets it in the ice. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. And then just, just no one after that. So it's just those two, thankfully. Yes, yes, thankfully, yes. Because all other main characters are, are pretty good. Pretty, pretty, pretty good human beings overall. They're likeable. Yeah, yeah good old Molly and Gus and Lou. Uh, mm -hmm. But we'll get to them in future episodes. In the future, yes, yes. Um, I don't know if you have uh, any of the other sort of things you want to want to discuss about the character before we move on to our, our animal uh, talk. Don't believe so, no. Yeah. Uh, the only other thing I, I have is that right. he has a sociology degree, he says. He Does just he, mentioned I, it. He, do, he mentions he has a degree in sociology, yeah. That, and I'm not I'm not quite sure whether that can be taken literally or if he's just, you know. I suppose his interest in just kind of like people. Yeah, I guess that kind of makes sense. Yeah, he's 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 a his entire business, his entire character is centered around human beings without humans yeah. he's nothing I'd, I'd argue uh, so i think Ooh. yeah i think that's how he gets away with what he does he, he kind of knows the human he studied the human mind human animal yeah the human animal exactly exactly he knows the strategies he knows what works with people what clicks how's to how to train them almost how to make them sit and roll over mm. yeah. oh he's like um oh. What's the name of that dog and that serial killer who claimed his dog was telling him to kill people? Oh, son of Sam Berkowitz. Yeah. Yeah, who claimed that his pets told him to commit murders. In, in, so if, he, if, he is, if he is the dog, you know, if he's the bad dog. Could be. But also, uh, fun fact with that, it, it was revealed later on that he was lying about this. About the, oh. the dog's telling he, he wanted it just to get the attention uh, because, you know, oh, crazy Satanist killer dog tells man to commit murder in suburban, you know, suburban mm. town. Um, uh, which I suppose is another good connection with, with Malvo. Yeah. You never know what's true and what isn't. Yeah. Whether is this a true story? Is this a true story? Exactly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> is his ideology man-made? Has he made it up or is, it, is there a nugget of truth? Is there something weirder? Did a dog tell a man to kill a man? <laughs> well, we'll find. Know. Well, we might find out in this next section because <gasps> it is that time again, Jack. It is time for No Saints in the Animal Kingdom. This is the part what? of the show where we rank the character that we've been talking about within the animal food chain, as it were. Yes. I think uh, this has all been leading up 
to this. He's the the instigator of where we first developed this idea with with, with animals and characters. He but... gave us the title for the section. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And I also think he may be the shortest discussion. <laughs> because well, but, but, oh, okay, okay, okay. I'm gonna. Wrong I, here. I, I, I'm wrong. I'm a bit of a hipster. I'm never one to go with the crowd. So I've. You know, I've, I've stretched mm -hmm. things a little bit, but I'm going to make my argument. But you, you go, you go ahead first. Okay, okay. Um, well, as I've already discussed, you know, the the Loki children of the serpent and and the wolf, uh, the animal uh, mentality, the the snake in the grass. Um, so I, n no doubt in my mind that he is predator. He is a number one at the top. Of the food chain he sees himself as necessary to keep the prey in line so they don't overpopulate the earth um uh so wolf would fit there of course the snake would fit mm -hmm. up there of course but perhaps he may be um and what's flashed in my mind is his is his peter and the wolf intro is him talking about the the blast of the hunter's shot shotguns represented by the drums um perhaps on the, the food chain, he may be the only one who's not an animal. Who is man. He is perhaps man. Or, mm -hmm. if you want to go a little more metaphorical, a little more spiritual, a little more out there, perhaps he's the idea of predators. He's the, the mythology of animals, the religion that they have. Um, I've just been rereading Warship Down, so perhaps that's why that's in my mind. <laughs> <laughs> uh, you know the world of the world of Thra and, and and all this. Um, uh, but perhaps maybe he's the reason why birds, you know, fly fly north, you know, to migrate. Why animals just know how to do things. Uh, how how they know what to eat, what to kill, how to do it. Uh, he is father so nature. He is father nature. Yes, he is. He is the ugly truth of of kill or be killed, dog eat dog. Um, every animal His nature has is the place. devil's church. Yeah, and and if you're not an animal, uh, you know, if you slow down enough, you become the food for other animals. You're recyclable. You're cyclical. You're unimportant. Once you're gone, the next generation will come, and perhaps that's why he smiles at the end because he'll never leave. His idea is within Gus now. He is to be consumed by Gus. And now Gus must go on and, and be consumed by another. Mm, Possibly. That's deep, man. But that's my thoughts. That's my thoughts. Uh, <laughs> I got on, uh, really a, good. a little heavy, perhaps. But, uh, yeah. uh, you know, what do you expect with a dog killer? Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He kills a dog. He, kill, he literally kills a dog. He literally stabs a He doesn't even shoot it. He stabs a dog. Like, come on, man. Oh, but yes, that's uh, that's my ideas on on his on his place in the food chain in the kingdom. Nice, uh, quite similar to the the kind of human aspect. I, my my had mine was uh, the role of the zookeeper. Oh, interesting. Okay, and and that the idea of him collecting these tapes is almost like him keeping, you know, their animal essences in cages. Yeah, or almost documentary. He's, you know, yeah. he's filmed. He's, he's the David Attenborough. He's the evil. He's the dark anti-matter David Attenborough. <laughs> the apocalypse version of David Attenborough. Avid yes. Dattenborough. Uh... 
Oh, God. Yeah, that's uh, interesting. Yeah. He's just observing these animals and how they play. Um, and I suppose like a like a bad documentarian. I think I think you're saying that involved. word. Fairly. He gets involved, yeah. yeah. Um I don't want to say bad. I don't want to say bad, because I'm a fan of, of Werner Herzog and he uh gets quite heavily involved in, in his subjects' lives. Um yeah. and I find that fascinating, uh, and and actually quite thought provoking and, and good uh just for an entertainment and, and sort of education value. But um mm -hmm. but yeah, but with him he kind of he pries into where he shouldn't pry. Definitely. Yes. And uh, the the other one is leading on from my um, last uh, ranking for mm. Leicester when I said that Leicester was like a mouse who had worked out how to operate a mouse trap. Yes, and the kind of Tom and Jerry kind of thing. So naturally, if let you know, Leicester is Jerry, Jerry in more ways than one. Yeah. And so you know, Malva would have to also be the Tomcat. He is yeah. he's sleek. He's he's not someone that you can train. He's like, you know, he, he's domesticated in that he's got a job, but he will wander off and just kind of kill things for his own Yeah, amusements. he has a boss, doesn't mm -hmm. he, at the beginning? Just like how, how, how Tom is an owner. Um, yes. And he's also grey. It's a stretch, but he's also grey and white, <laughs> like his legs. Oh, yeah, exactly. Hair, I suppose. Um, mm -hmm. and, and he doesn't get Jerry in the end. Exactly. It's a constant cat and mouse uh, chase. Yeah. And Jerry and, and does... the, the, the fight at the end with the bear trap, I mean, that bear is trap. like a really grisly Tom and yeah. Jerry cartoon almost. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, God, that scene where he has to snap the bone back in place. Oh. Um, again, another kind of Anton Chigura moment. Because doesn't he, he, he perform surgery on himself, doesn't he? He does. Yeah. 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 Mm. Um, and um, one more thing, which like doesn't really hold any water, but I think it's kind of cute. When people have watched Fargo and I've like recommended it to them and they see Malvo, they say, Tom, that's you. Yeah, this is exactly because my I, thought. Exactly I, my thought. When I have yeah. a goatee, I do look remarkably like you Billy do. Bob You do. If you if you put your fringe down so it's flat and straight and have a goatee, mm -hmm. and you could do his accent, you could do an impression better than I can. Oh, thank you very much. Uh, um, I don't know if you want to do it though. Oh, okay. yeah, yeah, yeah. No, 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 I will, I will, I will, I will. Okay, right, Jack. What I want you to do is, I'm gonna, I'm gonna speak this, but I want you to just edit in Billy Bob Thornton talk. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, of course, of course. This will be on the cutting room floor. Don't you worry. Don't you worry. Wink, okay, right. wink. Yep. Am I right, right audience? Um, okay. I've, I mean, we've built up too much, so you know. Yes, we have. This will be right disappointing right. now. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Never mind. I'll do it anyway. You spent your whole life thinking that there are rules. There aren't. Yep. I, I am, I am, I, I'm awestruck. <laughs> it is, oh, it is, is mad. It is genuinely is eerily good. It is so, so good. Thank you. So, like I said, if Lester is Jerry, then yes, Salvo Tom. is Tom yeah. <laughs> in more ways than one. Yeah, yeah. And of course, you know, as I said uh, in, in last episode, if Lester is the, the, the sheep in wolf's clothing, of course Malvo is the wolf in sheep's in clothing. Sheep's that, clothing. That's something I think everyone can agree on. Um, he quite mm -hmm. literally, you know, wears a disguise. Uh, uh, so nothing, you know, groundbreaking there, but, but definitely, something, definitely something to mention, I think. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah, he plays the game of prey quite well. He knows their patterns. He knows how to blend in for that final strike. 
That final strike. And I think uh, that uh, that final strike is where we're going to leave this episode today. Yeah. So, uh, Jack, thank you so much for meeting up and uh, chatting about this show that we love so much. Oh, well, thank you for having me. And uh, thank you, uh, Billy Bob, for joining as well. Oh, my pleasure. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> that was less good because it's not a line from the show. Uh, also, a shout out to uh, George Colcliffe for our amazing theme tune. Uh, you can check him out on YouTube. Check him out on SoundCloud. He's got amazing stuff. Yep, absolutely groundbreaking. It is. It's such a good theme. I am so so happy with how he captured the essence of the show. I'm I'm giddy of how good it is. Me too, man. Yes. Okay. Well, um, we shall catch you guys next time. I can't, d do we have like an official sign off? I forget. I don't know. I, I, I say the, oh yeah, you betcha. I think I've said it twice oh, now. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Okay. Well, well, we'll leave it up with them. Okay. Right. Take care guys. Yep. Thank you very much for listening and uh, tune in next time for, should we leave it a mystery, the character, or shall we say? Uh, I mean, I think, I think we said, I, I think we said last time, so yeah, as well. yeah. Uh, do you reckon we should go with Molly next? I I think Molly is the logical next step. Yes, yeah, yes. A, a much light-hearted. Uh, yes, character. after all this darkness, yeah, it'd be nice to have yeah. just a, a positive role yeah. model. I feel like there's going to be uh, peaks and valleys within this within this show. Every episode's going to be oh god, and oh yay, fist bump yes. at the end, and oh god. <laughs> <laughs> Although we had Lester and then Malvo, so. Who knows? Yeah, who knows? But yes, stay tuned next episode. Thank you very much for watching. Uh, listening. The other one. Ears. Ears, not eyes. Yes. <laughs> Take care. Thank you. Oh yeah, you betcha. This show's wonderful music was composed and performed by George Matthew, who you can find on SoundCloud at georgieboy-2. And the incredible artwork done by artist Dan Reese, who can be found on Instagram at reesery.illustrator. That's at I-H-Y-S-C-E-R-I dot illustrator on Instagram.